Hello, and welcome to Not a Couple, a Will and Grace podcast. I'm Matthew. I'm Tess. And we are back. We are here, we're queer, and we're in Philadelphia. We live in Philadelphia now. Hooray! Uh, thank you for all of your congratulations, which I am sure have been lost in the mail. We're not upset. <laughs> we're just disappointed. <laughs> um, we are on East Coast time now, just like Will and Grace. Mm-hmm. Um, still living a couple years ahead of them, since we decided not to skip all the episodes of Will and Grace between season six and the present. You're welcome. Yes. <laughs> um, and we are here this week to talk about the first episode of season seven. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're here. And we're going to talk about FYI, I Hurt Too, which is the season seven premiere. What a great name for an episode. Isn't it? It's just beautiful. All right. I'm going to read the episode description and then we're going to jump right back into it. Yeah. FYI, I Hurt Too. Karen recruits Jack to help her get Jennifer Lopez to listen to Karen's new song. Grace takes out her frustration over her cheating husband on Will. Sort of. (laughs) But not really. More like on Will's phones. (laughs) Will's poor phones this episode. Well, I mean, how broken could they really be? This was the age of the Nokia. Those things were like throwing a brick through a window. I mean, and she was also throwing like the house phone. Admittedly, those did break a little bit more easily. But they broke more like the back fell off and you had to go find the battery. Right. Or you would like duct tape it all up. Yeah. So, um, quick recap. For our listeners, since um, it, we took a little bit longer than usual hiatus. Mm-hmm. And welcome to all of you in Missouri who are apparently listening now. Yeah, congratulations. I hope you're enjoying the podcast. One to 55 people in Missouri. Yes. Um, so last season, we left off in Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. Grace wasn't there because Deborah Messing was pregnant. She was super pregnant and she was on bed rest and she could not participate in the filming of this television show. While she was gone, uh, Karen got married for 20 minutes. And then divorced. Jack got hired by J-Lo. Because of a shrimp tail. And Will stood up to Leo for the last and final time. Yep. Um, and also was very awkward in front of Jennifer Lopez, which he keeps reminding people as if it was a funny and endearing story and not tragic. So tragic. So tragic. But yeah, so we have Will kind of like trying to go to bat for Leo because Leo tells Will that he had cheated on Grace, but he mm-hmm. thought he had just kissed someone else. And so Will was very much there to play mediator and to try and help Leo make it up to Grace. Yeah. Except. Except. So that's actually where we really want to talk about the beginning of this episode is it's the real aftermath, which is that Leo really did cheat on Grace. He slept with someone else. He slept with someone else. Not just a one-time thing. Or, well, even if it was a one-time thing, that's not really the point. The point is that he slept with someone else and then he also lied to Will about it. Mm -hmm. So um, we're coming back from this episode and we are on kind of new footing for the show. Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, Grace is back in action, mm-hmm. and she knows the truth, and she is not prego, nope. so we can see her whole body. Her entire body. And her entire body is just quivering with rage. It is full of rage. It is like, I don't know how tall Deborah Messing is, but she's very thin. It's like 120 pounds of pure, mm-hmm. unadulterated anger. I mean, there are at least two points in this episode where she comes into the house with a bunch of shit she's just stolen from Leo's apartment. Including his NYU medical degree, which was just petty. And I love her for yeah, that. God bless. Yeah. Um, there's a, a moment as she's walking in with like the first load of <laughs> stuff she's stolen. And Will's like, oh, have you been shopping? And she's like, yeah, it's a fire sale at Adultery Barn. <laughs> and it's just, it's, first of all, it's just really nice to see Grace back mm-hmm. on on the show. But also it's really nice to see Grace actually get to like feel her feelings about this. Yeah. And there's, there's no beating around the bush. There's no 
trying to sort of like side with Leo mm-hmm. or act as if she's being irrational. Like everyone is completely on board with Grace being allowed to be this angry, and that's really great. Yeah, I feel like a lot of the times the show, you know, because as as you and I both know, Tess, women are only allowed to get angry, never. Yes, it is a documented and scientific fact that if women get angry ever, um, the world explodes. Yes, very clear. Um, But for some reason, the episode does feature Grace being angry. And not featuring Armageddon. And the the really nice thing is, it's kind of like what you're saying. Like, no one is trying to talk Grace out of this. It's really nice. In other episodes, we've seen other characters try to, like, mitigate Grace's emotions about various things. Mm -hmm. Sometimes with good reason. Yes, I mean, Grace is kind of notorious for occasionally overreacting or reacting in ways that are disproportionate to the actual wrong that has been done her. Mm -hmm. But in this case, she's actually, for the most part, reacting in an not always appropriate way, but, like, an appropriate level, if that makes sense. Right. Like, she's completely within her rights to be as angry as she is and to be acting out on that anger in the ways that she is. Like, her refusing to see Leo is perhaps the most understandable move that we've seen this character take. And it's interesting to sort of see them take Grace down from being a caricature a lot of the time Mm -hmm. into actually being a character. Yeah, it's it's been a long time. I mean, you think about... I mean, last season, Grace especially was kind of hit really hard by the fact that she wasn't in a lot of episodes and the Mm -hmm. episodes where she was in she kind of just had to be like a prop yes because if nothing else they were literally physically moving her literal body right in very strange ways to hide her pregnancy i can't really think about the last time grace has had this much i don't want to say autonomy autonomy is not the right word but like she just has a lot of gumption in this episode yeah i honestly think the last time we've seen quite this level of gumption from grace might have been when she turned will down with the prospect of them having a baby together oh yeah because that was perhaps the last time where grace made a choice that only really benefited her Mm -hmm. and it was treated as a viable choice even if it was a hard choice right and since then a lot of her choices have been sort of treated as like flighty or silly and then again her character really suffered last year from deborah messing's Frank medical problems. And I mean, right. in 2019, I would like to imagine that if something like that was happening with a lead actress on the show, they would just shorten the season. Right. So as to better accommodate this character. Mm-hmm. I mean, the show is called Will and Grace. Right. And the fact that Grace doesn't appear in a good quarter of the episodes of the season is mm-hmm. a huge detriment. I think that's actually a good segue because we were talking about this uh, a little bit off mic, but the last scene you were talking about where the last time Grace shows a lot of agency is the beginning of season five. Mm -hmm. It's where at the end of season four, she and Will decide to have a kid together. Beginning of season five, she decides to not have a kid with him and also meets Leo. Yeah. So that's actually kind of where like this season premiere is, is drawing back from. It's drawing Mm -hmm. back from that origin point. I think it's interesting how pretty much since that season five premiere, Grace and Will's relationship has been really, really rocky. Yeah. I mean, they've even had, episodes where they've acknowledged the fact mm-hmm. that their relationship isn't on as good of terms since Grace got married. Yeah. Um, what was that? Homojo or whatever yes. it was. There was an entire episode where they kind of realized that their friendship had sort of lost a lot of the parts that made it work with Grace becoming married and becoming so wrapped up in her marriage. Yeah. And then again, we don't really see it addressed the second time, but she does f- briefly fly off to Cambodia to mm-hmm. try and make her marriage work. Right. And so, again, the relationship suffers there as well. And I think it, at the end of season six, you get a little bit of them starting to put the pieces back together. But yes. this episode is really where the payoff is. Yes, absolutely. We see the build up a little bit as she's living with Will while Leo is still in mm-hmm. Cambodia. 
Um, but we don't, at that time, anticipate that the show is going to bring them back to being roommates again. Yes. On, like, a permanent level. And that is where this episode begins. Yeah, well, I, I really appreciate that. You know, we saw this a little bit at the end of season six, where Will is on Leo's side until a moment strikes, and he's 100% on Grace's side. Yeah. And we see that again here. I mean, there's never a point in the episode where Will is on board with Leo. If anything, Will is less on board with Leo than Grace is. Yeah, I um, mean, he's very much... You sort of see Will, like, perform a stand-by-your-man sort of, like, behavioral pattern mm-hmm. when it comes to Grace for the first time in a long time. Yeah. Where he obviously doesn't agree with her to kind of jump ahead. Mm-hmm. She decides at the midway point in this episode that she's going to try and make it work with Leo to see if they can get past it. Mm-hmm. And Will clearly and visibly disagrees with this choice. Yes. But because he loves Grace so dearly, we see him try really hard to make it happen for her. Well, and it's consistent through the whole episode. Yeah. It's, it, he's not back and forth. I mean, at the beginning of the episode, when Grace is like, I'm going to literally burn down Leo's apartment, he's like, okay, here are the matches. I'm going to call you in an alibi. Mm-hmm. And, and he's like, just make sure that you steal me something good first. Right. And and he, she does. She gets him a Rolex. It's a good gift. It's a good gift. Um, but, but then later on, after Leo comes in and he and Grace have kind of a blowout fight, and Grace is like, you know, I really do want to give this a try. Mm-hmm. He's, he's visibly upset. And there's actually a scene at, um, he throws him a big dinner, which at, on the surface looks very congratulatory. But, but in practice is an opportunity for him to be in the same room as Leo and yell at him. He's gay, so obviously there's a petty undercurrent. Right. Um, but, but even through that, I mean, it's great because Leo's not even, like, mad at him. He's like, dude, like, I totally get it. I mm-hmm. fucked up. Like, yeah. it's kind of actually nice that Leo and Will are on the same page about how garbage Leo is. Yeah, I also really appreciate there's one scene in this episode that very much stands out to me because it sort of, in my mind, corrects a little of the pitfalls of the show it's kind of fallen into by making Will the occasional straight man, mm-hmm. a, like, in comparison to Grace's sort of flightiness. Right. Um, is that they often don't have Will, like, really stand up for Grace when she needs that friend to right. do that. Um, but we don't see that problem in this episode. In fact, there is a moment when Grace um, Grace is at her place with Will. Mm-hmm. Leo shows up. And Grace tells Will to get rid of him. Mm-hmm. And he does. Yeah. He doesn't successfully do it. But he well. does. he does try. And it's really rewarding, I think, especially for us in, like, a cross-gender queer friendship, mm-hmm. where it's nice and it's nice to see that validated sometimes as not a joke. The yeah. show doesn't treat it as a joke. It genuinely treats Will's anger as a valid response. Mm-hmm. And it treats Will as being that protective agent for yeah. Grace. And it's really nice to see. And it's also kind of a hilarious scene because Will just gets progressively straighter the angrier <laughs> he gets to the point where he start, starts, like, at the point of, like, calling Leo dude and then, like, progresses to, like, that dog won't bark or you know, whatever. Off mic, I was saying that I, I don't think I do this when I get angry. But the more I've been thinking about it, the more I realize that I really totally do. You absolutely do, but it depends on when you it get It depends angry. on the situation. I don't think I get straighter if I'm yelling at a woman. But if, if it's a man, sometimes I will get like a little bit like more aggressively stereotypically masculine. Yes, I think in, in situations that I have observed the two mm-hmm. of us in... Like, for example, there was one time when we were drunk and we were a mess and we were, like, arguing on the street. Because, you know, that's what we do. Um, mm-hmm. Right, of course. We're, not anymore, though. Not we're anymore. Improving. We're getting better. But we used to do that a lot. And there was one moment and we were both crying. And apparently to the outside observer, it looked as if we were a man and a woman. And the man was shouting at the woman and reduced her to tears. 
That's not who we are. And that's Objectively, not... you had probably been pretty close to reducing me to tears. That's also not what happened. But this this other man, like, decided to intervene and was like, Which oh. was super great of him, by yeah, the way. Yeah, we're super okay with I that happening. I kind of want to, like, find out who it was and, like, send we're, him some flowers. We're sorry for the way we reacted to this. If you're one of our listeners, first of all, that's pretty weird. How random. But second of all, like, send us your address and I will send you some flowers. Absolute aces bystander intervention. Proud of you. <laughs> I mean, Anyways. except for the part where I yelled at them and then they went away. Right. But, you know, they, they tried to ask, like, if I was okay. And Matthew did, in fact, become the Hulk and yelled, <laughs> like, dude, back off. And it was really, like, in retrospect, kind of hilarious. But, like. Now, I, I'm imagining that the reason he didn't call the police on us immediately after that is because as soon as I did that, I broke into tears. You did. Which. You're not wrong. Which is not something the Hulk would do. That's something the the gay Hulk would do. Is the gay Hulk a thing yet? Not yet, but we... Well, that's a whole different thing. I could go into gay Hulk nine ways to Sunday, but that's not the point of this podcast. Tune in next week for the gay Hulk podcast. Gay Hulk and space wizard. <laughs> gay Hulk and space wizard. In love. In space. That would actually be kind of great if they just named their comic gay Hulk and space wizard in love. Could you, like, talk to someone at Marvel? Like, do we... I think so. I mean, I think... Once you title it Gay Hulk and Space Wizard in Love, like, the the issue just flies off the shelves. So just, like, a quick note to all of our new listeners who are in Missouri. If by chance <laughs> you work for Marvel, if you could just put in a good word for Gay Hulk just and Space Wizard us. in Love, yeah. that would be super awesome. Yeah. We would be super about that. <laughs> so anyways, yes, Will becomes straighter the angrier he gets. And then we do see a beautiful, long, protracted metaphor about the Szechuan beef at this dinner. Mm-hmm. And so basically... Grace decides she's going to order Szechuan beef. The Szechuan beef has in the past made her sick. And you just kind of watch Will, like, slowly but surely unravel because he just can't stand to see her potentially get hurt again. And he's just like, I wouldn't order that Szechuan beef if I were you. What if it hurts you again? What if it makes you sick again? Do you really want to put yourself out there like that again? <laughs> and then he, it's it's so transparent that Leo's just like, the Peking duck looks good. It's not a metaphor for anything. <laughs> <laughs> Which is uh, nice. It's it's just, it's such a fascinating episode because the show stays with Grace's decision and supports it all the way until basically the end. Yes. Like at no point is the show, I don't want to say at no point is the show on Will's side. The show is clearly tilted, so it, it wants us to say, if this is what Grace wants, this is what we should do, just like Will. Mm-hmm. It's telling us we have to be in Will's shoes, where we're angry at Leo and we're expressing our anger, but... We're supporting our friend. This this episode is especially very interesting because we also see some emotional maturity from Jack and Karen. Which is super weird. Which is super weird. And I mean, granted, the entire thing is undercut by a joke about a bear. And it's played for laughs. It's played for laughs. It's played for laughs that they're being serious. But, like, even Will is sort of gobsmacked at the revelation that they're, like, per- they're willing to sort of, like, stand by Grace's side mm-hmm. and see her through this decision regardless of which way it goes. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, they're also, like, making jokes about being adults or rurs. Or rurs. Like, they're bears. Jack never understands that they're making a joke, by the way. He just thinks they're making bear noises, which he, he does. I, I can think, relate. I don't think he knows adulterer is a word. He just kind of thinks they're like, rur, like bears, and then they're doing bear arms, and it's beautiful. This episode is sponsored by bears. <laughs> <laughs> but not those bears. Not those bears. Real bears. Literal bears. Real bears. <laughs> oh my god, remember that time we went into wolves? Oh god. Let's not talk about that. Um. So, the episode ends, though, on a, on a really weird note. Considering that it's been so, like, we support Grace, we support Grace, all the way through. It ends with Grace 
realizing the thing that everyone else has already realized, which is that this isn't going to work. Yeah, it's not something that they can just overcome. And even if they were to try and make this relationship work, it's not going to work like it currently exists. Like, there Mm -hmm. would have to be years of therapy to happen. Well, the problem with watching this show now is that we've got the revival and we Mm -hmm. know that at some point Leo comes back into her life. Yes. But I don't think that it hurts as much as some of the other Leo-related stuff has because it feels totally normal that Grace would need a time of healing before their relationship could ever improve. Like, Mm -hmm. she can't just... Go back to being in the same bed with this person. Like, yeah. she needs to step away. You know, at, at minimum, she needs to step away and separate from him for a little while so they can figure their shit out. Mm-hmm. It seems like she's gone further and just said, no, I'm sorry, we're done. Right. There, It's a very kind of poignant scene when you think about it. So it's, um, they come home from dinner and it's Grace and Leo and they are mm-hmm. discussing the dinner and how everyone is sort of on board with supporting the two of them trying to make it work. And then Leo makes a comment about how, well, it doesn't really matter to any of them. What matters is between us. And you sort of just, like, watch Grace sort of turn that over in her mind a few times. Yeah, and she's like, oh, I've been so worried about what everyone else is thinking that I haven't thought about whether I'm on board with this. And then she is not. Yeah. And it's it's really great to see the show kind of support her in that journey as well. I think that's one of the reasons I thought this episode was so good. I feel like... This is my favorite season premiere of all time. It's my favorite so far, too. Possibly. I mean, I'm, I'm back and forth with, like, even the revival. I just, I think this episode shows an amazing level of maturity mm-hmm. for a show that has had a lot of problems, both in general and with this relationship. Yeah. And I mean, it doesn't mean that the episode isn't funny. It's still really hilarious. Mm-hmm. We have Grace breaking phones. Yep. We have bear noises. We <laughs> have J-Lo, which we'll get to in a moment. And But we also kind of have that core sweetness that is Will and Grace's relationship that makes the show work. Mm-hmm. And so you see them really value each other and we see will really show up for grace in this episode in a way that he hasn't in a while yeah well and that's what's i think that's part of the reason that grace can decide what she decides because she knows that it's not just she has friends like she has will yeah like she has that bedrock he's completely in her corner he is ready to be there with whatever she needs Mm -hmm. and she can leave her husband because she knows that she has will exactly and that's really great i mean i think The show plays Will and Grace's relationship as if it's a problem for them in romantic relationships. Mm -hmm. But it's actually, in this episode, a real strength because it gives them a a safe haven Mm -hmm. to recover in. Yeah, I mean, I think that one of the issues that I have often found with this show, and perhaps it's because I am in the, you know, the throes of a cross-gender platonic love story. Right. But, you know, the show always sort of presents Will and Grace's relationship as a bug rather than a feature. Mm-hmm. And I think that in episodes like this, you really do see that it is a feature, not a bug. Mm-hmm. They are there for each other even when no one else is. Mm-hmm. Through really tough shit, like a, a potential divorce. Well, and, and Will is even, like, Will is getting all of her other friends on board also. Yeah. And like, I, it's he's, he's not just saying, I support you. He's saying, we support you. He's like, I support you, and I'm dragging these assholes with mm-hmm. me. And that is invaluable. It's, yeah. It's just, it's ridiculously ridiculously necessary Mm -hmm. at this sort of like very vulnerable time and it's really nice to see the show actually do it in a way that is still kind of sensitive while not making it not funny yeah you know this isn't like a very special episode of will and grace it's still (laughs) really really funny Mm -hmm. it just you know actually treats their relationship like it's not a joke right that's my sorry that's my little 
I got on my soapbox. <laughs> I'm stepping off of my soapbox. Let's talk about J-Lo. J-Lo's back, and I'm so happy. Yeah. I assumed that, okay, we got J-Lo for two episodes last season. And now we got her for another. That doesn't even make sense. What was her schedule like this year? But anyway, so J-Lo is back in this episode. She's actually in a pretty decent chunk of it. Yeah, she, um, so if you recall, at the end of last season, Jack, like, ran off to become one mm-hmm. of J-Lo's backup dancers. Right. And so when we rejoined this season, her tour is over, and it turns out that apparently Jack and J-Lo are now super best friends, mm-hmm. and they're, like, having slumber parties and stuff. Yeah. Well, I thought what was interesting is, so we're introduced to this new dynamic with Karen coming in and seeing Jack and J-Lo interact like best friends. Mm-hmm. And I thought I had, like, this horrible flash. I was like, oh, no. The whole plot line is just going to be Karen trying to win Jack back from J-Lo. Mm-hmm. And that's not what it is. It's not. At all. We, granted, seen that plot line in other situations before yes. with Jack and Karen, so it wouldn't be that weird of a plot line mm-hmm. for them, but we've already done it. Yes. And so it's kind of nice that they don't take that route. What we haven't said is Karen comes up to Jack after J-Lo has already left and is like, hey, when I got married for 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. Which was short. Which was short. As J-Lo clarifies. As J-Lo clarifies. <laughs> Um, I went to my hotel room after I got divorced and wrote a breakup song. And it's called, FYI, I Hurt Too. Which is clearly the best title of a song ever. And also a very J-Lo title. Mm -hmm. Not gonna lie. And like, J-Lo tells her later, spoiler alert, it's a bad song. Mm -hmm. But the single verse that she like breaks out to introduce the song that's a fucking bop. And that's literally Jack's reaction. He's like, oh my god, that's a hit song. Yeah. Like, it's... I don't remember exactly what the couplet is, but it's like, it's a J-Lo couplet. Like, it is a J-Lo couplet. J-Lo could sing the hell out of that song. And it's just... It's really funny because it is... Like, instead of Karen being like, I want you to stop being friends with this person and be friends with me, it's, you're friends with this person, you're my friend too, let's take advantage of this person. And then... You see this, so there's this whole bit where J-Lo explains that because she's a very real person, yes. when she's in New York, she takes the subway. Yes. Which is Which great. whatever. Um, so she's on the subway, and then Jack is on the subway with her, and he's sort of like horrified because Jack doesn't take the subway, he's friends <laughs> with Karen. And Karen is also on the subway and is additionally horrified, but um, also potentially buying drugs, which is great for her, I guess. Um, but so there, Karen has followed them onto the subway to try and like, find a good moment to introduce mm-hmm. this song to J-Lo. And then you proceed to have this beautiful conversation in which J-Lo is literally just going on and on and on about how men need to stop writing songs for women mm-hmm. and she needs voices of women and she really needs some new music and she's having a hell of a time putting together her new album and she's basically giving Karen the best in possible. Like at one point she's literally like like talking about like what are you going to get songs from the women's perspective? FYI I hurt too. And Karen's like now, 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 now. And Jack is like no! Now is not the right time. And then, in an additional feat of intense celebrity, J-Lo receives a phone call on the New York subway. Well, as you know, celebrities have a fully working cell tower on the New York subway. It's It's just for celebrity phones. It's sort of like how on The Good Place there's Airbnb, but it's with an H. Right. Because it's only for heirs and heiresses. But so, like, obviously J-Lo's using her celebrity-only cell phone network, and her phone rings, and you hear her just go... Oh no, that's horrible. I'm devastated. And Jack's like, That's the worst news I've ever heard. And, she, and Jack's like, Now! <laughs> and so, obviously, as. Complete failure. As you might have guessed, this is not a great time to pitch a song <laughs> to J Lo. <laughs> 
literally any other time <laughs> would have been better. And Especially it, the immediately preceding time. Yes. As it turns out, her dog had died, which yes. is terrible. So, especially Bar- bad timing. R.I.P. Mr. Snuffles. We don't know his name. <laughs> I just named him, I guess. Rest in peace, doggy. <laughs> um, but anyways, so... J-Lo is so distraught and upset about Jack's poor decision-making that she immediately fires him. Right, And he's no longer one of her backup dancers. That makes sense. However, (laughs) then at the end of the episode, in the tag, when they're on Mm -hmm. the subway again because Kara needs to buy her drugs or whatever she's doing on there, they run into J-Lo and J-Lo is like, oh, hi, I wish you were still dancing for me. And Jack's like, does that mean I can have my job back? And she's like, "No." no. But then to sort of like, Soften the blow, I guess. She gets him a job with Janet Jackson, and that's where we're going to find him next week. Yes. So, like, a little bit of a spoiler for next week, but it's literally in the episode description, so get over it. Um, <laughs> Jack is now going to be dancing for Janet Jackson. I think it's just, it's just a weird plot. I love it, though. Mm-hmm, it's, it's like, a, it's the perfect solution for, like, the weirdness that's happening with Will and Grace. Uh-huh. It's just, like, it's, it's the perfect match. Yeah. The one piece that I realize we did not mention at all in this episode that I really want to make sure we do mention mm-hmm. um, is this strange thread that goes through the entire, like, front bit of the episode, which is that um, it's 2004 now. Ish? I it's 2004-ish now, which means that Kabbalah is really big. Oh, yeah, that's weird. And so we see both, not just both, we see Grace and Karen and Jack all being like, oh, yes, I found Kabbalah. But they can't decide what Kabbalah is. <laughs> like, Grace is pretty sure it's a guy. Karen, if it wasn't a guy, how could he write a book? Karen thinks it's a place. Because if it wasn't a place. And what does Jack think it is? Like a sandwich? He thinks it's a soup. Because, <laughs> because Grace is very upset. And he's just like, you know what would really help Grace? <laughs> A nice steaming bowl of Kabbalah. <laughs> and Will's like, it's not a... You know what? Just fine. I'll boil the water. Like, and it's just very hilariously... Like, watching it in 2019, it mm-hmm. feels a bit weird because then you get taken out of the moment a little bit. Like, oh, God. Remember when Kabbalah was a thing? Well, there's a couple There's a couple other weird things like that as we, like, get back into the situation. Like, there's a short bit where everyone's like, oh, yeah, I broke up with my partner, too. Like, Stuart is completely thrown out with the bathwater. Right. He's just gone. There's no... Revolu- resolution with that he's just gone Finney is gone yep. Karen got divorced in 20 minutes mm-hmm. you know I mean there's a point in the episode where it seems like we're not even gonna see Leo right and ironically Will and Vince are still together but we don't see him at all no but obviously we, we do get a beautiful tie-in in which Will says that if he and Vince ever broke up he's got his eye on some of Vince's stuff that he could take if Vince ever cheated on him I'm not gonna lie if I was dating a cop which I can't see myself doing but whatever that's neither here nor there um I can't imagine stealing anything from him. Like, that's like a recipe for domestic but if, violence. But what if the cop you were dating was as bad of a cop as Vince is? Like, I'd Vince just be worried he'd a... shoot himself. Yeah, you're I wouldn't wrong. be worried he'd shoot me at that situation. I'd be worried he'd try to shoot me and accidentally kill, like, I don't know, like, J-Lo's other dog through a freak ricochet. Oh, that would be terrible. Speaking of cops, this is a complete sidebar, but today I met someone who tried to tell me that his friend was the most feminist cop that ever existed, and I want that to be an HBO show. <laughs> feminist cop. Like I want to see it. I want to see I want Obviously the feminist cop is a man. Yes, yes obviously. Yes. There are no women in the police. It's just Mariska Hargitay. Yeah, that's it. That's the only woman in the entire police ever. Oh god. All right. Um, thanks so much for listening to us this week, everybody. Uh, I think we're all set. Tess, do you want to tell people where they can find us on the interweb? All right. So 
to everyone who has been listening to before, but also to our new listeners in Missouri. I'm just going to keep shouting out to you guys. There's probably one of you. <laughs> it's probably really awkward. Anyways. Please listen to the whole thing, but just, we're still proud of you. We're still proud of you. So thank you for existing. But you can find us on many social media platforms, including our Twitter page. We are at Not A Couple Show. Um, that's where you will find um, episodes that are posted and also... Um, we live tweet the revival. Um, mm-hmm. It will be a little while before the revival is back on air, so you won't see any live tweets for us from us for the foreseeable future. Mm-hmm. But as soon as the revival comes back, we will be live tweeting it along with the cast and the official at Will and Grace Twitter page. Um, and this is the last season of the revival, so we're sad. We're sad about that. So um, join us for that. Um, hopefully, still Thursdays. <laughs> um, you can also find us on Facebook and on Tumblr. And you can send us an email at our email address. We are at uh, we are at we are not a couple podcast at gmail.com. Um, so if long form communique is more of your thing, please send us an email and we will probably not respond to it unless it's a really good email. Um, just saying. Wow, that's pretty harsh, Tess. It better be a good email. <laughs> I'm the only one checking it. That's fair. Um, also, you can find this podcast, as we assume you already have, because you're listening to it. But if you're thinking, hmm, I would like to find it on a different streaming service, we are on <laughs> Apple Podcasts, as well as Spotify, as well as Podbean. All right. Thanks so much for listening to us this week, guys. We are excited to be back, and we're excited to get started with a new season of Will & Grace. Yeah! I'm Matthew. I'm Tess. And this is Ben. Have a couple. Bye-bye. episode of Not A Couple was recorded in front of a live studio audience of one cat. Hi, Liza. Welcome to Philadelphia. This episode of Not A Couple was sponsored by bears. Arr-rar. Not, like, gay bears, like, regular bears. Arr-rar. Although I guess regular bears can also be gay. Arr-rar. Sponsored by furry animal bears. Arr-rar. 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 Arr-rar.